Hi, and welcome to episode nine of the Saxophone Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace, and on this episode, I chat with my co-host, Dr. Susan Fancher, about transcription and how to get the most out of your jazz studies. We review a new mouthpiece from Dario, the limited edition sandstone marble, and we also talk about a new CD from the Fuego Quartet. In the Working Pro section, we chat about websites and getting your electronic press kit together. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question for the podcast, please do reach out on social media or email me directly, wally at gatecitysax.com. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, but it's good. good. To do that. It's good to take a break, too. It is. I mean, I have to say, you know, the, the school year is really intense. So yeah. when May comes and you can take a break from stuff, practicing, and the pressure, oh, it's just it's nice good. to take a break. I, I it's loved right. slowing my scales way down. Get in front of the mirror, turn on a fan. No, I'm kidding. And, <laughs> I'm and like, no, I mean, oh, just, no, I mean, really wait. get in front of the mirror and just really just relax. Well, yeah. And I love exactly. that. Exactly. Throw out the old reads, start a new yeah. batch of reads, and yeah, practice stuff that you don't have to play in a concert next week. I know. Well, I do have a concert in June and a recording session the week after, but I'm not okay, thinking well, about that. Okay, well, that's me, not you. <laughs> right now. Well, I'm trying to stay relaxed because at the Good. end of the day, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm at that point in my life where like, I don't, it's, it's fun. It's such a yeah, privilege. Yeah, it is I don't a stress, privilege. Yeah. And I've quit comparing, and that's made my life. You just, yeah, just better. do your best and but enjoy it. And May is good. May is good. Happy yeah. May, everybody. Happy May. And the weather is decent here in Greensboro. Yeah, I know, North and I haven't Carolina seen a giant May. snake in at least 10 days. Oh, that's nice. I'm a happy fellow. Yay. So what do we got going on this week? What's new and exciting? See, what's going on with you? There is nothing new and exciting this week, except for I did, in fact, end up ordering my Marcus <gasps> Bonacay. So I I'm was late trying with to the drum do roll, but yeah. And, you know, I finally gave up trying to find it online, and I emailed the company, because I found an email for Marcus Bana dot yeah. whatever it is. You can Google it. You can figure it out. And so I sent an email, and I said, I'd love to order this case. How do I order that? And the guy who signed his email, Marcus Bana slash MB Cases, so it might be that, that is the guy's maybe, name is Marcus Bana. I think he goes by Marky B when he does hip hop, but that's <laughs> him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he sent me a really nice email, and he said, contact my dealers in the U.S., and he sent me one, two, three, four, five, yeah, like eight different dealers. Nice. And I Googled some of them, and one of them was in Minnesota, and you know, I like people in Minnesota. I like people everywhere, but I have a connection to Minnesota through my husband, Mark. Yeah, yeah. And so I emailed this company in Minnesota, and the guy wrote right back, and he said, oh, yeah, we have to order those cases. There's special order, and it takes about three months for it to come in, so you can pay me, and then in three months, we'll ship it to you. Nice. Yeah. And you went with which option? I went with blue, blue. nylon. Nice. It's going to yeah. be very durable. I very... could have paid a little more money to get the leather. I was a little bit afraid it might just add a, a little bit of weight. And I'm already afraid yeah. that a double horn case, even if the case weighs one pound, that's still going to be heavy with two horns in there. Right. And then, you know, you could pay extra and get multiple colors. So you could do, you know, blue and yellow or, you know, purple and, and whatever you want. Yeah. There was a whole rainbow of colors. So and you, you went with the, the blue. I almost went with a wine red, but I decided mm. to go with blue because blue it's, is I think my favorite. You're going to be very color. happy. I'm very happy. Yeah, I'm and excited. the nylon will clean easily. Yeah. Animal rights activists won't throw paint on your case. Right, exactly. And how many <laughs> times has that happened? You're walking down the street with your leather neck strap, and then someone says... Or your leather shoes. Yeah. And they, they say, your shoes are murder. And then... So that yeah. won't happen with your case. That won't happen with my case. Shouldn't yeah, yeah. happen. Well, that's... Congr- so... I'm excited. So I'm, I'll bring it in and show you when I get it. We need to do like a glamour shoot. I tell you. And like pictures of you with it. <laughs> well, and I want to see all the, the horns in it, horns without. And yeah. I'm I'm really excited. Well, I'm hoping my horns fit in it. Yeah. 
Cause you know, oh, I have, oh. cause that's the thing. So I'm, I'm, a, I don't really know like how specific to the instrument it is, but you know, with the soprano sax, the thing is, of course they did ask if it's a straight soprano or a curved soprano. So that obviously would make a difference, but even with the straight soprano, so is it detachable neck or attached right. neck? And so how do you take up the extra space and where do you store the, the neck and stuff? So we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck with it at this point cause I've already paid for the thing, but we'll oh. see. Yep. Worst we'll case scenario, you sell it on eBay, and then you yeah. could probably get the same price for it because people won't have to wait. Yeah, it's a pain to you have to yeah. order three months, and you know, shipping yeah, and blah absolutely. blah blah. Yeah, and then that'll also be the case owned by Sue Fancher. Well, yeah, you want the Fanch version, exactly. That's what I want. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Industry about news: that. everything Yay. is slowing down. Um, couple new recordings coming out. One of which we're going to talk about in a bit. Yeah, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um. Oh. And also, summer is a great time to try new equipment. So you get the case coming yes, in. Yes, the case is coming in. Uh, industry news or equipment news, uh, new to us anyway. I took a deep dive into the this is an official review of the Dario Jazz Select Marble. <laughs> it's so cool. It is pretty cool. So the Dario, this is oh I don't know five six years ago, they came out with the Jazz Select mouthpiece. Maybe not that long ago. Um, and it was their their jazz mouthpiece. It's their jazz mouthpiece offering. And I think about a year ago, they came out with a, I think originally the marketing was limited edition. I think ah. they've dropped that. The box, I believe, says, no, yeah, limited edition. Limited edition. Sandstone marble. And the box originally was white, and now the box is like a charcoal ah. with gold accents. So obviously it is very special. Yeah. And it is obviously very limited edition, though you can find it on Amazon, Woodwood and Brass, one on the Dadario site. <laughs> right. So it doesn't seem to be terribly limited. <laughs> they seem to have dropped the word limited from their marketing, uh, unless that was a very boring dream I had. Um, <laughs> but so These things happen. <laughs> I had owned four of the, because um, whenever I try something, I try it in, in fours and then ship the oh. rest back. Then inevitably, I forget to ship the rest back, and so I own four. And then you have four. And then I sell them, <laughs> I take a bath of them on eBay years right, later when sure. I'm cleaning out my studio. So you can actually see over <laughs> my desk, I have the other boxes. So I really did order, so you can confirm, <laughs> I ordered four. That's a great idea, actually. Yeah. You probably should remember to send the other three back. But you never should. mind. It's good to have a spare, if, so maybe just send two back. Yeah. <laughs> Too I late now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't... I never do spares. I always, yeah, have, like, interesting backup options. So I had tried those for a while, and I liked them. They're fine. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, what about this limited edition? And um, in skinny first, it's... Uh, spoiler alert, it's pretty much like the other mouthpiece, except it looks very different. Oh, it's the same dimensions, really the same cool. everything. Um, the, the original came in a big handful of sizing options. I think everything from the equivalent of like a five through eight, maybe even wow. four through eight. A lot of different variations yeah. of this. This only comes in um, two facings, um, which are the same facings, or same two as the other, but you only get the two options, if I can find what I'm looking at. And it does come in a uh, six and a five. The five is 73 thousands of an inch uh-huh. and the six is 78 thousands of an inch and that's going to be just two thousands of an inch off from the Meyer facings okay. and but i felt they they played very similar to yeah i was going to ask if the number is about the same about like the a same. Meyer five Meyer exactly six. so if you like a Meyer six i think you're going to like or uh, you're going to feel comfortable at gotcha. least on the same strength and same kind of feel as this six so it's only cool. got the the sandstone marble 
formerly limited edition, uh, maybe it's become so popular. Like, oh heck, let's give it to everyone. Yeah, let's maybe not, it's let's beautiful. Let's not do the McRib. Yeah, <laughs> <Let's>, right. <laughs> let's not get them addicted to this wonderful thing that you can't find. And then they'll take. And it away. <laughs> so I've been playing it for the past week, and um, it is. When you look at the spec sheet, it's kind of medium all around, kind of like a Meyer. Yeah, it's medium uh, facing length. Uh, it's a medium tip opening. It's a medium chamber size. It's a round chamber, round throat. It's kind of medium all around. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing, which I'll talk about in just a second. But yeah. so, how does it sound? Well, we'll take a listen. It sounds like me. This is how I sound on you know most mouthpieces, give or take a little bit of color here or there. Um, I felt very comfortable, and I liked it for a lot of reasons I'm going to talk about. Number one, let's get the uh, the marble elephant in the room out of the way. Oh, yeah. I think it looks cool. It looks cool. I don't know how you can describe it without a picture. Maybe you'll put a picture in someplace, but I yeah. mean, you know, black background, and then this beautiful, almost yellowish it reminds me of a oh, really good beautiful. brownie it's got some espresso and yeah. some blonde in there yeah so a like a good maybe yeah i think yeah. it's really beautiful it's beautiful and now there are the some some naysayers that but it's not like gaudy or anything it doesn't it's matter what it looks like it only well, matters no. what it sounds like well this is this is true but i mean I if disagree. it sounds good and it looks cool isn't that yes a double check yeah <laughs> i will never play an la sax that you know has rhinestones just because it looks cool right if that's your thing but I think if it can look good, it's wonderful. Because remember that first time you opened up your case, the first rental saxophone? Yeah. And you opened it up and just oh the magic of like, what a beautiful instrument. Oh, yeah. Play. Your head just exploded with joy. Yeah. yeah. And I, felt, so I, I had a little twinge of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now there are other, I've seen plenty of other mar- mouthpieces that are marbled. There's some uh, micro brands from Italy and stuff. And they're kind of like orangey and bluey and kind of like, they look bowling yeah. balls to me. Right. Kind of a little bit, little bit over <laughs> the top. I know exactly this what is, you mean. This <laughs> is marbled, but I think it's just tasteful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it is marbled raw. It, first of all, it's not actual marble. Kids. No, no, it's. So not, I was really disappointed. Uh, I thought this well, is really lightweight for actual marble, and it probably hurt your teeth. <laughs> yeah, right. It'd be very brittle and be a horrible yeah. thing to have. So it is marbled rod rubber, and it is milled rod rubber, wow. not injected. So, oh, to my nice. understanding, uh, I try to read articles on what the difference is, but then my eyes glaze over and I start, right. thinking, <laughs> I start, I start thinking about old movies. Um, but so, milled is, is basic. So, it's not like a plastic that's injected into a mold and then cooled. Right. And, the, and the difference in that is there's a lot of variation in the cooling process of mold injected. And apparently, when it's milled um, and carved by robots, it's much right. more precise, and you have much more consistency and control. So Somehow it is a, sense, a rod yeah. rubber, and they claim it's a high quality rod rubber. I can't disagree because I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't know the different yeah. quality of rubbers when, <laughs> right? If you beat me with it when it was the form of garden hose. Um, well, it's it's really beautiful, and if it brings you more joy, you know, so. then and you have more fun playing then that's great. I think I told you a story once about the student of mine who tried a saxophone and it was a great mm-hmm. saxophone, but, but she wanted a different finish. Yeah. And finally I said, well, you know, personally, I think that's silly to spay, to, to spend 750 bucks more for a different finish, but if it's going to bring you more joy and make you more excited to play your instrument. Yeah. And you can afford yeah. it. Do it. I think so. So this one is $20 more than yeah. the regular black one. 
I think it's at least worth twenty dollars more. Uh, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, if you like it. Now, if you look at it and you don't like it, get the plain black one then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I would say similar. if there is a difference in sound difference, I, and I was telling Sue before we started rolling, blindfolded, I'm not sure I'd be able to tell the difference. They yeah. feel very similar, but I like the way it looks. And it makes me happy. And It's, it's kind of like that ligature, Wally. If you put I a know, blindfold right? on, I'm not sure I'd be able to tell the difference between yeah. the rose gold yeah. and the regular lacquer. Hey, see? See how I worked that in? I did. Yeah, so, see? oh, I think we skipped a week. <laughs> we did, when, yeah. Remembering your I mentor, know. I think it's acceptable that we didn't yeah. bring up <laughs> a joke about a ligature. <laughs> but now we need to work it in. Back yeah. the, uh, the, the pink It'll gold. be more subtle. Next time it'll be like just pink. We'll just, just pink. say the word pink. Yeah, yeah. Just work yeah. it in there. It's, yeah. it's a never-ending nod to that magical ligature. <laughs> so the response on this thing, I was... Really impressed with awesome. it. Feels good, and it, it is um, the first question that's going to pop in your mind: How does it play compared to my Meyer or a Meyer? Right. Um, and in in the marketing, they give subtle nods to to try to recreate the sound of those classic vintage mouthpieces. And right. what they're talking about is the Meyer Brothers New York model, right? Which everyone seeks and everyone wants, right? And you ain't nobody till you got. The Meyer Brothers, right. New York. You're not even playing the saxophone, really. Not really. Not no. really. You might as well no. have a cereal box with keyholes. Yes, um, exactly. Because until you have that you Meyer will Brothers, be New York, and yeah, scorned, scorned, <laughs> and like you haven't experienced the magic until you have that time and space. <laughs> Never mind that the players of the day played on many mouthpieces and right. didn't, you know. Um, so, full disclosure, I want to send my kids to college, so I do not own <laughs> a Meyer Brothers original New York in the Nor facing of my I, choosing. Dear. I'm sure I could get an off-chamber size and facing if sure. uh, you know for $500, but I actually printed out an eBay listing of the Meyer Brothers New York model of wow, the... you went all out here, Wally. I don't, I don't have a lot to do. I tried working. <laughs> I didn't May. care for it. So College is done. We're bored. Yeah, so uh, there's a New York 5M of this uh, this original Meyer Brothers New York oh. when the 5M would be a very sought-after yes. model because yes. I think that may be the exact... That Cannibal Phil, Adderley yeah. played one, maybe Phil Woods. Phil Woods, yeah. And the eBay um, listing is with, I think, a couple dozen people on the watching... Uh, twenty seven hundred dollars, two thousand seven hundred. No, you're kidding me. Fifty dollars. No, it's no. Dang. And I've seen them sell for that in the right facing. Now you, the ones that are the less desirable, four small chamber or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get for three, four, five hundred dollars. But for the the desirable facings, they're that expensive. So obviously, okay. this is what they're trying to capitalize on. Yeah. Meaning, hey, don't go look for that vintage Grail. We can make it here. Well, that was smart. I think so. Except it doesn't play like a Meyer. Right. It's different. <laughs> and it's not as open, even as the the, the modern Babbitt just stock Meyer. Not yeah. even the... Now Meyer, owned by Babbitt, has a New York edition. Okay. To, to further confuse things. Yes. Which is $200. The normal Meyer made by Babbitt um, is $111 right. as of this morning. Pretty reasonable. Very reasonable. Yeah. And it, let's also say it comes with a cap and a ligature. Not a great cabinet ligature, but a cabinet it does yeah. come with a cabinet ligature. <laughs> so you get a little bit of value there. Uh, this comes in a cardboard box, and that's what you get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it does not. It, it is not as open as the Meyer. I find okay. it not as free blowing. There was more resistance, but it was not as quite as resistant as say like some of my old uh, Brill Hearts. Yeah. It's kind of a Goldilocks in the middle, and okay. I don't mean perfect. I mean just in the middle. Yeah. So on one hand, you could argue it's kind of milk toast, kind of. Eh, Medium. Becky with the good Meyer. Just right. basic. Right. On the other hand, 
I what I liked about it was I felt as I was playing it, it was just me. It wasn't forcing me yeah. into any sound, any aesthetic. I wasn't trying to mold it to my will with Jedi mind tricks, and it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't informing me of anything. For better or for worse, I sound like me, and I think that no matter who puts it on, um, it's probably going to just sound like you well, in a very comfortable way. And it sounds like it's not. I should give it a try. It sounds like it's not a terribly difficult thing to master where some of these mm-hmm. jazz mouthpieces, yeah. the especially young students put on and they just can't they can't play on them right. because the mouthpiece is a little bit of a beast to control this so is this might be a fantastic mouthpiece the, for some of my high school students who oh, are absolutely. looking for jazz mouthpieces uh, absolutely um it's very easy to play very read friendly it's ligature friendly which there's a couple of these uh, micro brand mouthpieces that yeah. You know, the, your ligature, you have to screw it all the way down. Yeah, they're too fat or they're too, too skinny. skinny. This was yeah. very medium, and there's no weird gaps. Looking at you, Selmer Concept. Um, Selmer Concept, if you use a two-screw ligature, there's this hanging. I'm just there's sitting here gap. silent. I can't I'm stand still it. Here. <laughs> I, 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 it drives me nuts. I know exactly nuts. what you're talking about. I don't think it affects yeah. playability or sound in the no. slightest. I cannot accept it. <laughs> um, I'm not clinically diagnosed as obsessive compulsive, <laughs> but I have. It, it looks a little weird to have the ligature yeah. positioned like. So you that. have to have the yeah. one screw ligature top, and I that's a no go for me. Yeah. It's ridiculous for me. Not the I mean that I, I can't gotcha. handle that, but yep. that's me. So I found it very friendly, um, and all and the intonation was very good. Yeah, uh, well, there's no another point, especially for a young player, but it's not yeah. like the old players want to play out of tune either. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was very friendly. There was nothing wacky. Awesome. It was Fantastic. perfectly flexible. I could do my best Johnny Hodges impressions uh, with nice. little ease. Altissimo popped right out there, if that's your thing. Um, low notes? Oh, yeah, low notes was good. Great. It was more resistant than the Meyer and the low end. Gotcha. But at the same time, you know, it's a series of compromises. Right. I mean, the high end was not thin. Uh, yeah. There was never anything getting away from me. And I personally, when I'm truly improvising, not regurgitating hot licks, David right. Baker, number five, uh, right. when I'm truly improvising, I like a tiny bit of resistance mm. so it doesn't feel like it's mm-hmm. getting away from me. Gotcha. And it, it, it allows a certain predictability when I'm truly improvising, which I like a lot. Yeah, because then you can be really in your head about what you're playing. I and think not- so. Yeah. Thinking about your mouth and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's definitely not on the aggressive mm. side like a Jody Jazz. Yeah. Or um, what's the other brand? The Theo Wane. It's, mm-hmm. it's not really geared more towards that. It's a very slight, very slight rollover baffle. Yeah. Very gentle. So on a, I was playing it on that sound sample on a three hard, but I am an acolyte of the cool school. Yeah. That's the aesthetic that I love. And I one day want to be dean of the Carolina cool school. That's okay. what I love. <laughs> um, but. Um, it does have enough that if you put on a three soft or just a Van Dorn three, um, yeah. you know, your Java's, you could easily lead a section in the lead seat. Cool. It's got plenty of power. I now, didn't did get you it. try the five or the six? This is a six. Awesome. And I think okay. it is perfect. And a lot of times when I'm testing new equipment, I'll play it for a while. And then once again, I got a, I got a couple concerts coming up um, and a recording session. Yeah. And normally I'd be like, all right, time to get to work. And I put my equipment back on. Yeah. I forgot I was playing it for a while. Uh. Um. And I go back between a vintage Brillhart and a micro brand fill tone piece. Right. And I I, I guess when I was thinking about it, I could tell it was different. Yeah. Of course, but it wasn't to the point where I felt uncomfortable in the slightest. I just was kept playing. Great. Um, So I. That's a good find. If you like the way it looks, I think it's an absolute uh, great starting point. Now, the, the big question is then. How does it stack up to the usual suspects? Because right. what's in striking range is the mire. Right. Um, if you have the mire in the same facing, it's going to feel a little bit more open, not in a better way, just different. Yeah. 
Um, and it comes with a bad ligature and a cap. And <laughs> yeah. it's $111, which yeah. is, this is on the Dadaria website, this is the marble, is $100. dollars $89. Right. 200 on a woodwind brass one right now. Okay. Maybe a shipping difference. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe. The Meyer was $111. So it's significantly right. cheaper. Right. Now, I'm the reason I would maybe say better for beginning students to do the Dodario is has your experience been with the Babbitt Company? I hope no one from the Babbitt Company is listening and crying <laughs> now. That if you get four, I ordered four of these Jazz Select. I could not tell them apart. Yeah. Because their machine. Made. Yeah. They're not hand finished. Super consistent. Super yeah. consistent. Like the Van Doren. The Van Doren. Big props to Van Doren. Like that too. If, if you like one, you're gonna like them all. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. Where if I drop and break my mouthpiece, oh god, right? I'll go to the local music store. I'll get another AL3 for my classical piece. It's gonna be almost the same. Almost the same. Yeah. And depending on the re- you pop out a new read, and that may make more of a difference than the actual mouthpiece. Exactly. The consistency <laughs> is great, and that makes my heart happy. The Meyer you order for, and you kind of get four. Different mouthpieces. One may not be great. One may be that cousin that's a little, you know, (laughs) uncouth. One may be perfect. I don't have any of those, Wally. No, me neither. (laughs) Of course not. Yeah. I've heard of them, though. Yeah. (laughs) My family's all estranged. It's fine. Um, So I will say that the the Babbitt, at least for a lot of years, if you order for the Myers, you're getting four kind of yeah, different Yeah, and you might get one you absolutely love, so you might go with that. But listen, for the students, yeah. you know, the mom or dad's going to order the mouthpiece, and they're going to just expect that it's going to work. And yeah. I think there's a strong argument, given the technology in 2019, it should. Yeah. Because I don't like having to tell the parents of my students, yeah, this is a good mouthpiece. Go ahead and order four. Yeah, And then right. put it on your credit card, and we'll ship three back, uh, Mrs. Wilson. Yeah. But yeah. I don't like having to explain that. Well, and also, listen, a 15-year-old high school student isn't going to really know the difference exactly. between those four mouthpieces. And sure, right. I could try them for my student, but I'm not them. I don't have right. their amateur, and I don't really want to play on their stuff, to be no, honest. No, I don't either. That's a little gross. Anyway. Right, and I hate that. <laughs> I have to wash them And all. I know with the Daddario and, full disclosure, in the Van Doren too, their manufacturing standards are so good yeah. that if there's a chirp or a squeak, I know it's the student or the read right. or something of the student. Yeah. Um, if there's a chirp or a squeak on a new Meyer, if it's produced you, you by just Babbitt, don't know. It, yeah. And I will say I adore um, a really good Eugene Rousseau NC4 classical mouthpiece. Um, Do they make those too? Uh, no, that's oh, not a Babbitt. Okay. Oh, gotcha. I don't know who. Oh, gotcha. I don't. I have no, no I don't know who manufactures it. But I will say yeah. they're so inconsistent. Back in the day, uh, you would order in because my teacher was an artist. Yeah. Ten of those, two or three may not seal a read. The quality oh, was wow. bad, which yeah. means you give it to a new student or they buy you one. Know. You don't know. And I yeah. hate that. And that's not worth it to me. So this, I will say, very consistent. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite mouthpieces that I plan is a Meyer 6M. Uh-huh. But that's that's my mouthpiece. And you know, I often have recommended it to students. And then they'll get a mouthpiece. And it doesn't play as well. And then I feel really bad. I know. But then it plays well enough that they just keep it. But, this, but I they're love probably that, listening yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. I see how it is. Yeah, but I love that. You know, but if you are a pro and you enjoy this, you know, and you and this is your passion, your art, your hobby, your profession, I like finding a mouthpiece that feels like it's yours. And yeah. there's, a, there's something special to that. It's like yeah. a good Selmer. But this is a great find because I do have some students right now who are looking for jazz mouthpieces. And I will say. Um, fantastic. It does have an individual serial number, which they, you know, oh. they print very big on the side. But I wonder, it kind of made me think. But if it's made by robots, what's the point of the serial number? Well, yeah. Um, Make, you they, feel special. because It it's does, <laughs> but 
the fact that it's not special, I think, is one of its strengths. It's just gotcha. a good workhorse that will work. But Wally, maybe 50 years from now, people will be looking for these things, and then that serial number will make it valuable. So don't I, be, hang on to that thing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. You never know. It could be. Who knew back, you know, 80 years ago that those New York Myers were going to be the thing? Uh, in 2021, they recalibrated <laughs> the machine, and the facing curvature altered. Uh, so you're going to want a 2019 around the 125 mark. I just, so, I, Wally, what's the price on the non-marble the non-marble is uh about twenty dollars cheaper oh it's the one, that's what you said around about one 20, se- around okay. 170 all right so and that is a big step up in price for the meyer yeah um it's i have somewhere hmm. the price of it's oh there's mine um yeah the meyer is right around 110 the regular is right around 160 actually yeah um, so the marble is, it's pricey yeah. for what it is, but if you like the way it looks, I think it's a yep. recommended piece. Hey, anything that gets the students to practice is worth it. It got me to practice. I enjoyed well, looking there at There you it. go. Yeah, yeah. And so I will be releasing, <laughs> I'm actually in the process of editing a full video review with some nice close-up shots. Nice. So I'll link to that so you guys can check that out. It's a okay. fun little thing. And I Woo-hoo. think it's fun to like the way this stuff looks. It is. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. Now in the studio, we'll quit. I'll shut up about gear. It's um, okay. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I get. We geeked out there yeah, big time. I know. <laughs> so I get literally twos of questions a week. Yeah. <laughs> about transcription. Because we've, we've talked about it and I'll mention it in oh, passing. Oh, yeah. And have um, <clears throat> a colleague <throat> that, um, and a couple classical players that were named, several classical players have reached out to me. Um, that will remain nameless that are established classical players that kind of want to delve a little bit more into jazz, but they're like, well, okay, so I want to do it. I know transcription is important. How do you yeah. do it properly? And I want to back up a little bit, and there's a lot of reasons that I think every saxophone should play jazz. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. Um, number one, it's fun. Number two, if you end up teaching, you know, your students will maybe want a working knowledge of it. Yeah, it's so good for your sound and your ear and your tuning and and your phrasing. Oh my gosh, understanding music from a compositional standpoint. Yeah, and some of the greatest recordings featuring our instrument. So there's a lot of reasons. And a lot of people we don't have to convince, obviously. No. There's a lot of listeners rather than thinking, well, duh. No kidding, I like jazz. Yeah, and so much of our even, you know, quote unquote classical music has jazz references as and references and jazz style. And if you can play jazz style, it's going to be better. So (laughs) I wondered, so I, have been answering some questions and I thought, let me give a little primer to what, um, what transcription is. It's your take on it. And, but I wanted to back up a little bit before that. I am a weirdo in the fact that I really made it my effort to just switch genres for a while, not Mm. quit playing classical, but I, I hung up my classical mouthpiece for a couple years to really dive in and give it my all for better or worse. It's where I am at, now, I still play classical, but I really wanted to see, can I truly in, involve myself in this art form, not as a study to help me with the job market, but as a true yeah, live it, love it, to get good it. You know what? I have to make you know a little comment and just say that that is really awesome that you did that because once you get playing a lot of gigs as a classical player and you can't yeah. afford a couple of years to take off yeah. from playing classical, you just can't find the time no. to do it. So I think that is oh, awesome I appreciate that. That, that you did it's, that. It's not only the wow. time. I will say the biggest hurdle for me as a classical player, and this is kind of geared towards the classical players switching over, is the ego. Um, now, I'm yeah. the, I hate gatekeeping saying, well, in order to be a true jazz player, you have to do X, Y, or Z. I don't believe in that, but I do believe there's a strength that it's not really playing jazz until you're truly improvising. Right. And there is yeah. something to be said for playing with a small jazz combo and doing a concert of improvised yeah. music. Yeah. And in order to get to the point where 
well, let me give you an example. I know someone that attended a very prestigious school that had a doctorate with a very prestigious teacher. And I was talking to them. And they said, oh, my minor is jazz. And I was like, oh, do you have a quartet? Do you play with a group? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I don't perform jazz. Oh, and I thought okay. like, well, what? Maybe you studied it enough yeah. so they feel like they could teach it. It was an it academic pursuit. Yeah, yeah, so, I got it, yeah. But in order to truly perform it, and especially as a classical player, it involves performing and truly improvising in public, which yeah. once you get to a certain career point, it almost feels like you can't. Right. I saw an NP- or heard an NPR um, with the current teacher at Northwestern, uh, Tamer Sullivan, mm-hmm. uh, when he was teaching in School of the Arts in the NPR, and he was saying, well, I do teach jazz and I do play jazz. I don't play it in public. Yeah. And I thought, like, that makes I totally understood, but I thought, like, yes, you have to take your ego. If you want to truly l- learn to play jazz, and you're already an established classical player, put your ego in a trunk. Lock the trunk. Yeah. Put the trunk under your bed and move to a new house. Because you have to go back to being bad. not a great player. Yeah, well, yeah. I had to go back to... And, or bad, right? Yeah, so <laughs> Frankly, as, as a you have to be a beginner at yeah. something. And it's hard to be a beginner and, when you're not a beginner in something else. That's why for adults to learn anything new, yeah. they really have to do that they with do. their ego. And it's, some people can do it, and some people have a hard time with that. Yeah, and I will say even the mentors and the people around me, it took a little adjustment. So I was in my 30s, and I started studying jazz seriously at the, the Miles Davis Jazz Studies Program. Yeah. And there was... Well, there's a good place to do it. And I remember to forget, like, I think (laughs) I was okay because I said, you know what? I'm going to sound bad for a while. Yeah. And I'd already played at the Montreux Jazz Festival in a high school big band, but I wasn't truly a jazz player. I was playing at jazz. And and what really allowed me to turn the corner was transcribing in a different way. Now, that being said... I had to let go of my ego. I had to ask dumb questions with, say, a sus four chord. I had to raise my hand and say, well, what the heck is that? Right, what does and, that and mean? Class, what do I play? And I had to yeah. play in front of a jazz combo in front of the entire program and get feedback from these kids half my age. Yeah. And I found one- Who could play circles around Right, you. and yeah. I'll never forget, there was one nameless professor that said, Wally, man, that didn't go very well. And I said, oh. yeah, well, well, no blank. If, <laughs> if I could already do it, I wouldn't be paying you tuition. Right. And I could see the students I'm look at me. I'm not here for your approval. I'm right. here for your help. Yeah, that's why I'm paying tuition. <laughs> uh, silly goose. I didn't, that wasn't the thought in my head. And I could see the students look at me and then look at this professor like, yeah, why are we so scared of sounding bad? If I could already do it, why would I be paying tuition? Right. Good for so, you. <laughs> I was okay with sounding terrible. I would take a course and laugh at myself, and that yeah. allowed me to learn. But tip number one for the classical players that are afraid to tip their their toe, until you fall in love with the music and fall in mm. love with a couple records, you've got zero chance. Yeah, It's not something you could do without truly loving and listening constantly. So for me, it was finding players that spoke to me, spoke to my soul, and that I just yeah. fell head over heels in love with that I could not turn off their records. Yeah, no matter what you were doing. Yeah. And yeah. that was step one. Yeah. And then if you don't like it and you don't want to listen to it, I say don't study it. Right. Um, there's almost no point. Why learn a musical style you don't like? Yeah, because it's not for the not for the paychecks. <laughs> well, no, absolutely not. And it's a lot of work. It is a ton <laughs> oh of work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but what a joy if you can fall in love. And I think yeah. it, it, it's just a matter of finding the players you like. Yeah. If everyone, and all, a lot of my friends are like, oh, Kenny Garrett is the bee's knees. That's where it stops yeah. and starts. I so appreciate that. Sure. It's not something that moves me yeah. and that I listen to for pleasure. But when I discovered Art Pepper and yeah. the record Art Pepper meets the rhythm section, oh my gosh. it made my heart sing. So step number one, find <laughs> what you love. You don't have to like what everyone else loves. Yeah. I know some really outstanding musicians that appreciate John Coltrane, but don't necessarily right. love to listen to his records. Right. There's, they won't say that in public. There's no, 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 you can't say that. In there's public. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and that's okay. So step number one, to find what you love. Then when it comes to transcribing, I guess to transcribe means literally to write down. Yeah, right. Like a court transcriptionist. You know, they have the little, little stenographer right, machine. Yeah. So 
Um, my mentor, the guy that pops and cracks like a percussion station when he, when he stands <laughs> up because he's so old, um, the director of the Miles Davis Jazz Fudgy program, you know, and I, I've mentioned this before on a podcast, he would give me a CD, play along with the track. You're going to come in the next week's lesson. I'm going to put on the CD. Yeah. You're going to play along. And I don't want to know where Wally starts and Art Pepper Whoever. starts. Yeah, right. You just want to match it. If he scoops, you scoop. If he plays slightly out of tune, you do. Just live in his shoes yeah. for a while. And I said, okay, well, how do I write it down? Do I need to use Finale or can I just do it by hand? He said, no, no, I don't care if you write it down. Maybe later we'll write it down to just to analyze a little. Right. Um, but it was just playing along with the yeah. CD. So here's my recommendation for those that want to start. And this is a question I do get fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, find a player that you love. Yeah. I don't think you don't, you don't have to start with Sidney Bechet. You don't have to start with... Go back old, yeah. You right. don't have to go you back to the yeah. beginning of time. You'll have to study all the styles. Find right. something that moves you and listen constantly. So step one is find what you love and then put it on a loop and just listen constantly until yeah. you can sing along with it. And for me, my first serious transcription was Art Pepper, You'd Be So Nice to Come Home to off Art Pepper Meets the Rhythm Section. Mm. And that whole album just melted wow. my heart. I listened to it on loop until I could sing along. And then wow. I like to cheat. So I there's a couple pieces of software, <laughs> Amazing Slow Downer uh, and AnyTune Pro. Both uh, are available on Android and iOS devices, yeah. PC and Mac. And then I will loop one chorus or one time through the chord changes. Yeah. So, you know, 12, 16, 32 right. bars, however long the form is. And I will put it on a loop and I'll just listen again and again and again until I start to go a little crazy. <laughs> and then take no four, two, four bars at a time, yeah. slow it down. And it's a muscle. In the beginning, it will feel like you will never learn it. Right. And it takes forever. Then I found over time, I could do four, five, six bars at a time. Yeah. And also, when I, the other thing I found when I was beginning, I would you know, with nosebleeds and headaches, finally get a chorus down close to tempo. Yeah. One set through the changes. And then I'd wake up the next day, go to practice, and I couldn't remember what I'd done. Right. And that's okay. That's yeah. part of the learning process too. But um, I think you, you get better at finding the right notes yes. with your fingers, right? At first, it's like you're hitting a half step off or a third yes. off or a fifth even. I mean, you can't get your fingers on the right notes and you're, oh, wait, that's down. And don't be stressed. Yeah, you're right. So I, what? Yeah, so, so what? So what? So what? You know, this this thing about I can't do it makes us feel like we're never going to be able to do it. Just because mm -hmm. you aren't able to do it at the moment doesn't mean you can't learn. Right. And nobody was born just being able to do that thing, but it, they make it seem like it sometimes. Yeah, and even if they could, <laughs> comparison is the thief it of joy. Exactly. doesn't matter. We're here to enjoy matter. this amazing art form. So, yeah. like, But it is time-consuming, and that's why, you know, you taking, you know, two years off from doing any yeah. really written music mostly, right? You did mostly improvised music. It was you my mean, sight reading with the heck in handbasket. Oh yeah, admit. right? Um, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah when, <laughs> when you don't read. Then finally yeah. a quartet, I was filling in a quartet or some quartet project came up and I remember sitting in there and like the other players were like, I thought Wally was good. Like, <laughs> Guys, I haven't thought about key signatures in right. a while. Bear, bear with me. <laughs> Apparently these, these sharps you and flats You mean those three flats go left? to every note? Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't, hadn't remembered that. Um, but I was so eye-driven wow, before that. What great advice though. It, oh. Oh, yeah, so um, so then inevitably the next question is, where do I start? Yeah. Um, something you like, for sure. But if you love Kenny Garrett more than anything on the planet, maybe don't start there. Um, yeah. Same thing with don't choose the late works of John Coltrane as a starting point because... Yeah. Too many notes, too much, too and, fast. Yeah. yeah. So for How about Alza, learning the head of a Oh, that's a, a great... Oh, yeah. absolutely. And start with the head and just yeah. learn it and play it like But by not reading it, but by just by ear. By yeah. ear, and yeah. that's the big thing. So yeah. for alto players... I think Lou Donaldson, not a hugely oh, famous name, yeah. uh, uh, but uh, there's a tune called Blues Walk. 
Um, and I think that's also the title of the album as well. A great place to start. Stylistically just gorgeous, tasty, in the pocket, as they say. Yeah. Um, but not so many notes, and it's just great. Yeah. For tenor, I think Hank Mobley is a great place to start. Oh, great. That being said, my mentor, for some reason, does not love Hank Mobley. I oh, don't well. ca- I don't care. Good. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I, I, I think Soul Station is a great album, and Dig This is a great place to start for tenor. Great suggestions. Uh, and if you yeah. want more suggestions, email us. Let us know, yeah. and we're happy to dig up our, our record collection. And yeah, um, but start slow, and don't feel like you have to get the entire solo. If it's three or four or five choruses, you can learn a lot from just doing one chorus yeah. and then trying something else. That's great to have a suggestion. That's been one of my main questions to like jazz playing friends of mine over the years. When I get a student who wants to start transcribing, I'm like, oh. I, I could dig through stuff and find a pretty easy solo, but somebody knows this, so yeah. thank you, because I keep asking people, and they're like, oh, they give me this list of stuff that's really hard, and I'm like, no, you didn't really understand my question, yeah. did you? Yeah, <laughs> I or, have a high school student who wants to transcribe. And, I don't know what to say. And Parker suggest. is not an easy place to start. Well, and I used to dig into Phil Wood stuff, because I was a fan of Phil Woods, but by the time I did that, I was in college and a fairly right. advanced player. I wasn't great at transcribing, but I was a fairly advanced player right. with a lot of chops. So, you know, I could manage that, but oh my gosh, you know. So thank you. Yeah. Awesome. That's a good starting place. Email um, and feel free to reach out to us, uh, Wally at Gate City Sacks, if you have more specific yeah. questions. Um, but it is a joy, and the biggest piece of advice I can find is find recordings you love yeah. and let go of your ego, especially Oof. if you're crossing over from classical. You're going to sound bad. And I think it's fine to be a 30-something-year-old player that had taught in a university, mm-hmm. um, done the competitions, things, and played concertos, then go to a coffee shop play an hour of standards and get lost and embarrassed. Yep. And I grew as a human being. Yep. Um, Boy, the, nothing like not knowing where you are in the changes. Oh my goodness. Or hitting the wrong note. And it's scary, but, You know, and there's a great, <laughs> there's a great quote by um, David Bowie. Actually, one of my mentors, Michael Hester, emailed it to me yesterday. Oh, where he talks about, how's he? as an art, he's great. <laughs> Good. He's poetry and art. Oh, fantastic. Um, what a great guy. Yeah. Um, he sent me the link of, of Bowie talking about, you know, when you go out into the water as an artist, go right to where your feet don't touch. And th- right where it's a little scary, and that's where you want to be as an artist. Wow. And if you're a classical player and you've yeah, sat with a big band maybe and played through some um, omnibook transcriptions, you know, learn a standard. Sit in with the rhythm section. Get yeah. lost. Have yeah. that that pants pooping fear yeah. of, and man, you grow. Embarrass yourself. It's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's a good. So that's a good starting place. And I'll shut up about that. Okay, um, that's great, Wally. Thank you. What else we got? Oh, time for recording. A recording. We got a new one. What did you discover? Yeah. This week? So, um, a good friend of mine, Nikki Roman, Dr. Nicole Roman. I like her. I have not met her I personally. I do like her very much. So she is probably, well, I have been watching her come up through competitions over the past decade or two. So you've been years. literally judging her. I have been judging her. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I've been enjoying listening to her and just watching her develop and just have, you know, my jaw hanging open because of the things that she can do. Holy cow. She's an amazing player, graduated from Eastman. Oh, gosh, I don't know when, but she's got her doctorate and and is now teaching at the University of Wisconsin in 
uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, I think she just accepted the yeah. assistant professor. Yeah, so I think she was on a one year there, and, and now she's, she's full time tenure track. And boy, what a great place to land! I mean, that's a wonderful place. You know, Milwaukee's a great town. It's super close to Chicago. Yeah. So yeah, she's going to have all kinds of opportunities to play in addition yeah. to having a, a great studio of saxophone uh, students there. So I'm very happy for her. I'm very proud of her. And so we just have been in touch now and then over the years. And she sent me an email and said, hey, my quartet, the Fuego Quartet. What does Fuego mean? um, That's a great question. I don't know. Fire? (laughs) We should look it up. Are you going to Google that? So the new album, which is... But then I'm going to pretend like I already knew it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. You're going to do that. Okay, you do that. And I'm not going to fake it. You fake it. (laughs) So the uh, album title is Migration. And... I don't know why either, but anyway, the first piece on on the CD is Recitation Book by David Maslanka, mm-hmm. which is a piece I've been curious about for years, and I've heard like movements of it here or there, yeah. and I actually took the time to sit down and actually listen to the whole piece, because anybody who knows David Maslanka's music knows it's long. Yes. I mean, the saxophone concerto, I think each... Movements like ten to fifteen minutes long, or something like that, and and anyway, so this this is a kind of interesting in that the individual there are five movements, and the last movement is oh I don't know I listened through it maybe that last movement is like ten plus minutes long, but the other movements are between like three and six minutes, yeah. so they're all manageable, and I think they would all stand alone too. So yeah, yeah, I think you could mix you and could, match. Yeah. It reminded me of the um. Oh, what's so the book? What's the, the the his work for marimba and saxophone? I've played that with an. I don't know that piece. Oh, I I put it on a doctoral recital and now I forgot. Obviously, well, because very... we all black those things oh, yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember the them. percussionist <laughs> I played with a really nice uh, guy. Um, something book. It was what it's called. But it was like seven movements. Yeah. They're all little bite-sized pieces. I you know can mix what you're talking match. about. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I can't remember the title. But it's like either. that. But this this is a great I mean it's a great recording and what really impressed me is there you know there are a lot of quartets out there that play technically perfectly mm-hmm. and in tune and beautiful blend and beautiful sounds and these guys of course have all that in spades but the thing that struck me about their recording of of the Maslanka on this is that it's just so convincing musically too yeah. and the phrasing and there seems to be a lot of heart and soul in this. I get the idea that they really love this music and I loved listening I'm to it. I'm not surprised. I, I don't think I know the other players. I hope to get to know them. But because Nikki's a friend of yours, I, I yeah. reached out to her on social media. Um, and something about... And like it's on social media, you can't tell a true person. Something about everything she posts, I can sense this positive energy from her. Yeah, there's this passion for life and music. Yeah, it comes through in everything she does, and, and I hear that and in her soprano playing. Oh my god, her soprano playing is yeah. phenomenal. I mean, I heard her at the NASA competition. It must have been in Cincinnati at the Biennial, and I just sat in. I was judging quartets, but I sat in on the final round of the solo competition. Yeah. Oh my god, I just couldn't even believe what she did and I talked to her later and I was like oh my god that was amazing she goes yeah it really wasn't my best time through and I was like oh dang yeah <laughs> I was like okay then well there you have so, it and so Gabrielle PK is on baritone sax and he's also another another guy I've seen come up through competitions yeah. in recent years um studied with Connie Frigo and also with uh Deborah uh, University of Georgia yeah go dogs University of Illinois with uh Deborah Rickmeyer also and um, not go dogs 
<laughs> but actually, you know, also a, a fabulous player and okay. a terrific berry player. So if you have, I mean, everybody in this quartet obviously is just yeah. great on their instrument. It's not like an alto player trying to play tenor. I mean, you, you oh, got everybody no, no, really no. committed um, to their instrument. The tenor player, uh, Harrison. Harrison Clark. And Clark, got, son of gorgeous. Yeah, Eric, Eric Elm, Elmgren on alto saxophone. They all yeah, sound just fantastic, fantastic players. They play yeah. beautifully together. Yeah. And f- yeah. as we know, obviously, Fuego coming from the Spanish. <laughs> meaning fire All right. as anyone of any education in good obviously. reading would know obviously yes. <laughs> having you know this group is on fire yeah Woo. they really have a passion <laughs> i liked the mislanka and yeah. i also like that it was bite-sized pieces yeah um, the concerto i think has i'm sure you probably will agree with me has beautiful moments and there's times where i feel like david needed an editor <laughs> we say that often about his music, but it's yeah. just, he's got a long attention span. Well, good for him. Yeah. What, what were we talking about? Yeah, <laughs> right. Maybe a slow heart rate or something like that. But I the guess. first movement of that alto sax concerto is a really great piece for a student recital. And it's just like 10 or yeah, 12 and it minutes. Stands, it stands by yeah, itself. It's it. great. So I've had students do that. And they're one of the other movements I've yeah. had a student play, but ooh, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the sonata. I, yeah, I don't have long. a lot. I don't have a yeah. lot of use for that. But um, great, but I enjoyed this. this. Their, great. their playing was great. It's got so got uh, William Albright, Fantasy Etudes. Yeah, um, which is a big piece, and they play the heck out of it. Yeah, I gotta do. say, yeah, really dynamite players. Yeah, um, and then interesting, and I'm gonna blow your mind here, Sue. Okay, are you ready for this? I am. You sitting down. I uh, wait. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. They commissioned a new work. Yeah. Do you know anything about David Clay Mittens? I don't. I don't either. Yeah. I'm going to call him David Mittens. Okay. Because <laughs> that makes me happy. It's cute. Yeah. So they commissioned a piece called Ornithology. S. S. Oh, that's not a typo. <laughs> Ornithology S. Space S. Which, as we know, Ornithology is the study of Orrin Hatch, the um, senator, or birds. I, know, <laughs> I never get this mixed up. So they commissioned this new work. Yeah. And... This is where I'm going to blow your mind. So obviously, it um, sounds like birds. There's yeah. these fluttering, truly multiphonics. Slappy um, things. Lots of slap songs. It's basically the book of extended techniques. In right. two, and it is 10 minutes. Yeah, it's a big piece. It is a big piece. And this is where I'm going to blow your mind. I really liked it. Cool. And I'm, I'm normally like, I, I normally like, oh gosh, here come the multiphonics. Right, right. I always feel like modern saxophone music is paint by numbers. <laughs> so when a composer says, I'm exploring sound, and it's like, and well, okay. Like, oh, okay. Edison Denisov, <laughs> and apparently according to a Russian music scholar, that's how you pronounce it, Denisov, ah. was exploring sound in the 1970s with multiphonics. Yes. By the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2015, I don't think we're exploring sound we're anymore. We're not exploring sound with those it's things. It's just like, that's, here yeah. come the multiphonics. It's like a Michael Bay movie. Here yeah. comes the car chase scene. Here comes the helicopter crash. <laughs> it's just what you do. I, at first, was like, oh, gosh, here come the multiphonics. Oh, trills and multiphonics. Flutter tongue and multiphonics. <laughs> and then they got to the slap tongues. And then I started picturing flocks of birds. Yeah. And then maybe I was just in a good mood. Maybe the sun hit me just right as I was listening. And I kind of felt like I was in a David Attenborough film watching oh, nice. the migratory <laughs> birds on those islands where there's just oh, the yeah, sea of these birds yeah. getting along. And I'm not a fan of a lot of new academic music, yeah. especially that this, on paper, this looks like a paint-by-numbers piece. Right. Here come the multiphonic slap tongue trill. Yeah. I kind of really enjoy it. I actually listened to the entire 10 minutes. Right on. In one sitting. All right. So, and I, but, I'll Go, say that. David Clay Mittens. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's great mittens necessarily. I'm okay. going to say <laughs> part of it was the talent of the fuego uh. or fire in Spanish as the we obviously know. Yeah. I took Latin in high school. I was a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and 
a stupido. <laughs> um, so I, but I think it was partially they're playing. Their slap tongues were, it, they never felt like, oh, here come the multiphonics and slap tongues. Yeah. Really well done. Well, yeah, nothing's, it's not ugly. No. They, no, And yeah. like there's times where all four are doing these delightful little poppy slap tongues. And that made me feel less like, a Michael Bay movie, yeah. <laughs> obligatory, and more like I was in David Attenborough watching the Migratory Birds, and I yeah. really enjoy. I was surprised. Yeah. I was I was planning and holding my tongue during this section. Right. This this this. Yeah, part, I get I, it. But, totally. Um, what do you think of the recording quality of the CD? You know, I'm not one of those people who is particularly bothered by recording quality. I mean, side by side, you know, with another yeah. CD, but I thought it was great. I, I think there's another reason I loved it. Yeah. And it was I mean, recorded. Just, it didn't yeah. sound like the mics were right in the bells of the saxophone mm -hmm. with tons of key noise like you get sometimes, right. but it didn't sound like it was all a wash, like it was no. in a big hall with the mics in it, the back either. It was a big hall. They recorded in Hugh Hodgson Hall, okay. which is from my alma mater, the University of Georgia. Ah. And fun fact, Wally played the Iber Concerto in Hugh Hodgson Hall. Okay. And I took the wrong ending on uh, in one of the turnarounds in the uh, so oh. I, I salvaged it, but Oops. I had one of my early pants changing experiences <laughs> oh, playing my first concerto in Hugh Hodgson Hall. Hey, but so that's a big gig. It and I was twenty. I was terrified. Oh my god. But it's a beautiful hall, but like you say, it was mic'd Perfectly. Yeah, whatever they did, it worked great. Um, Connie so Frigo was, apparently was producing this. I so did not know that. They obviously hey, a, shout out to Connie. Yeah, Way a very, to go. Um, uh, saxophone professor at University of Georgia. Yeah. Athens, Georgia, very fun town. Yeah. I really enjoyed this recording. Yeah. I was not expecting to. I yeah. was like, oh, It's on they, Parma Records. Go get it. It's available. Now, Parma, as we know, is Italian. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cheese, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'll I'm put a so link sorry. in the show notes. Everyone, check out this recording. Yeah. Um, right super on. great players, super cool people, at least yeah. the ones we know. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm the, sure the other ones are, or they wouldn't be friends with these guys. I have to believe so. See? Yeah. So, highly recommend it. And the saxophone is in good hands. These are young people oh, playing exceptionally. Just they make me stunning. excited. They yeah, really do. Same. So, in the, you know what time it is? What time is it? You're working? I'm working. I'm working very little. It's the working uh, pro. I am working less than less I have to which is great. Yeah. So you had a topic you wanted to talk about. What did I want to talk about? I have to remind you what you, oh, you emailed me about. Yeah. So, you know, May hits and there are fewer concerts, which is great. There's uh, a break being taken from practicing. Not mm -hmm. you students yet, please. At least you high school students. Um, college students, you may take a break. Um <laughs> But then get back to it this summer, please, so that you aren't terrible this fall. So there, yeah. that's that. But so I'm practicing a little less, although I did take the saxophone out yesterday and play through some music that I'm considering for recitals that I'm programming next year. So some okay. thumbs up and thumbs yeah. down and thumbs sideways on some things and realizing, oh, man, when I don't practice regularly, I don't sound so good. So there, let's just put what? the saxophone away and not face it yet. <laughs> I'm not I'm ready like to face it yet. I'm like a fine wine. I put my saxophone <laughs> away and it just... Sours. It's sours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I realize that summer is a really good time to take a look at the old website yeah. and make some updates and maybe do an overhaul. And I'm looking at mine and going, oh, God, it's just a cluttered mess. Yeah. So help. First of all, your website looks great. Well, you are very kind. No, it's, look, it's not like um, 2019 HTML 95, whatever we're in oh. now. But <laughs> your website looks good, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, the cardinal rule, I think, of the number one of a good website is one, don't have auto-playing music. when you, that just, Yeah, no, I don't have just that. Just tick people off. But you have great <laughs> photos. 
I have some nice photos. Yeah, I what, got new photos last and year. And they look Van great. Leer took some great. And photos one of my for me. my dearest friends, um, one of the very few people I carve out time to hang out with in a non professional capacity, um, is the IT guy at Univers- uh, the UNCG School of Music. So oh, he's yeah. a big tech guy. He's also a pro photographer, and mm. he he will always say like you know a website is basically a repository for your content. And your website only looks as good as good as your photos. If you yeah. have bad photos, your website's going to look like garbage. I have decent content. I have some updating you're to do, great, but the content but, is okay. Yeah. It's just the layout needs to be tweaked. It's not stuff. bad, but your press photo is what you see, first of all, and yeah. that automatically screams quality Yay. and professionalism. Well, good. So uh, tip number one, if you don't have truly pro press photos, and I actually would like to cover this in a later episode, how to find a great photographer, because it's so oh, important. Oh, that's a great uh, It's the visual aspect, and it matters yeah. a lot. A lot. A good press photo has gotten me gigs yeah. and good video as well. But um, you've got to find a good pro photographer. You don't have good headshots. You can't just take your prom photo and crop out that date that you no longer <laughs> speak to. You need truly good, dedicated press photos. And that's a whole tangent that I spend two class periods on my career development course talking about getting good press photos because yeah. it's so critically important. Yeah, and it's not the same as getting a, a prom photo no. or a graduation. Or the glamour shot yeah, with the marbled yeah. background. No, Ugh. no, no, no. It's completely different It is from different. That. And yeah. it should yeah. should show who you are as an artist. Yours do that yeah. beautifully. Oh, thank um, you. Thanks to Jeff. So what series, you actually use what, what service for your for your website? I am using Weebly. Weebly's fine. Because it's free. You get that little dot Weebly.com yeah, yeah. at the end of your address, but it's free and I'm cheap. Weebly is <laughs> fun. <laughs> You're not alone in the music world. Right. So for the listeners out there, I have a couple because this is something I spend a week on with my, my career development course, uh, diving in this to make my students create websites. Um, and apparently they tell me later, and this is the second time we've had to do this in our degree. Now, some people Good. would wonder, like, why do we need a website? It's 2019. We have social media. Well, there's a couple of big reasons. Number one, you never know when um, MySpace is going to go away. Right. Or when Facebook is going to be dropped. Or when or people get ticked off at Facebook and don't want to be just, on it And anymore. if that's where you've you know, your home base, you're going to be in trouble. Number two, you can't control very much over the placement and arrangement of content. If you have a really stunning video, you want people to see first and foremost, first thing, they have to go down and search and scroll. And hopefully it's not a horrible tagged photo that happened to make its way to your timeline, first of all. So this, um, you can absolutely control your content. It's yours. You own it. And you can control how people see it, when they see it, and you can also then direct commerce that way if you want to, you know. Yeah, you, you can sell stuff on it control. if you want. Yeah. And if you want to showcase your YouTube videos, you can. Yeah. Whereas Facebook, if you made that your home base, yeah. well, it, it's not owned by Google. They don't want to play nice with YouTube. Right. So I think it's the way you can have complete control in your home base. Yeah. So we have of, a Facebook page, but have a website. Yes. Well, yeah. Of course, we have to engage for professionally to, to generate an audience. And not just for those that want to make a living, but if you want to develop an audience for your art form, yeah. you have to be engaged in social media. So let's put a thumbtack in that. Yeah. But you have to have a good looking home base. Yeah. That said, I like Weebly a lot. Check it out. Yeah. Weebly.com, obviously. It has a free option. Yeah. There's another free option that I like a little bit better that I've experimented with because I have plenty of time on my hands, <laughs> Wix, W-I-X. Oh. It has a free option as well, but I find their templates a little little more chic, ah. and they have endless customization uh. that I really like, um, that you can customize every aspect of it, whereas Weebly, they have templates. You can tweak aspects 
but it, you can get into trouble fast. Wix, yeah, I've had trouble trying to get photos to go mm-hmm. where I want them or be the size I want them to be. And so you need to, to make sure your photos work well with their templates. Yeah, and my photos come from a lot of different sources. So then like one might right. be from my camera, one might be from Jackie's camera, and then they're not talking and lining up nicely. So I get yeah. these uneven lines that bug the OC part of and me. You, <laughs> with enough technical know-how, you can work yeah. it out or, or tweak yeah. or find a template. It takes me some time, but I'll check that for out. For artist types, yeah. I find Wix incredibly intuitive. I'm not paid by Wix. I just really like it. And yeah. my website... Um, the <laughs> We're sa- not paid by no, anybody. <laughs> no. Yeah, thesaxophoneacademy.com is through Wix. I was able to customize it exactly how I want it because I don't like templates because I'm yeah. too persnickety. Um, it's got free. You can pay for upgrades, obviously, like that. And you can and it, it works very nice with like Shopify and other commerce plugins. So if you want to sell something, you can. That being said, um, the templates... Once you choose a template and you customize that, if you want to swatch it out, it's not that easy. Uh, um, whereas then, the other recommendation I have is Squarespace, which is okay. hugely popular. Yeah. They have great-looking templates. It's harder to customize the templates. I and see. if your content doesn't work in the template, you're kind of hosed. So maybe check out the template and see if yeah. it looks like you could just drop your stuff well, in. One of the things I do like about Squarespace, and once again, you don't have to be this your full-time living, but if you just want to have, showcase your art and book some gigs, you yeah. need a website or at least an EPK, which I'll talk about in a second, yeah. to book some gigs. Um, Squarespace has great templates, but once you put the content in, you can switch templates, and it'll do its best guess to oh, transition your content, okay. which yeah. is good. Other uh, Squarespace has no free option. You can try it for free. Yeah. So you can try building it and see if it'll work, but then they do charge that $15 a month. $15 a month. A couple of things I like about Squarespace, they have a very robust um, blogging feature, and it plays very nice with social media. When you want to share your blog posts or your content, it looks beautiful, and it's very intuitive to share it to your Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Cool. It works very nice with that. It works very nice with commerce plugins. They have very nice default store settings. Other thing I like about Squarespace is they have a built-in uh, podcast function. Get out. It works kind of like a blog, not kind of, literally, you set up a blog to be your podcast. So you can podcast uh, through Squarespace for no extra charge. <sighs> now, that being, is that related to the Square, like the little credit card no, thing? No, and that's slightly ah, confusing. Square okay. Reader is different than Squarespace. Uh, okay. Confusing, but excellent question. That's yeah. probably the most often asked questions I get gotcha. in class. Yeah. Um, but a couple of things about the podcast. Glad Number one, we we exist. You don't need to start a podcast. There's enough. Right. We're all you need. So yeah. don't worry about the podcast feature. <laughs> Just listen to us. Number two, the data analytics are terrible if you ah. use them as a podcasting. Um, they will not tell you where your audience is coming from exactly. The numbers are not good, and you won't get download numbers. Uh, it's okay. very, very minimal analytics if you want right. to do a podcast through Squarespace. But once again, the Saxophone Academy podcast exists. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. <laughs> Past that, there the big elephant in the room is WordPress. They have WordPress. okay templates. Uh-huh. Uh, it's really more of a pro option if you have a developer that can help you plug in. I gotcha. Like yeah. Uh, past that, if you're not interested in having a big website, I also highly recommend getting an EPK or Electronic Press Kit. There you go. And what that is is back in the olden days, did you ever have like a formal press kit? That yeah. You send? Yeah. Oh gosh, it used to be on paper, Wally. Yeah. So you have your, <laughs> you have your eight by ten glossy. Yes. Cassette. Or CD. Probably, probably, yeah. And then it was a CD. Yeah, and you yep. have your little sh- your sheet, your write up, yep. and you know, you have your biography, and that, and you would and, mail yep. it to people for prospective programs exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Press quotes, blah blah blah. Yes, exactly. And that was the yep. press kit, and that's how you would book gigs, especially yep. not bars, but like you know, right. music festivals and things like that. Yeah. Now we can do it electronically. It's a home repository that you control the look and feel over. 
uh, where you can have your press photos, your bio, your press yeah. quotes. Most importantly these days, video. And All the right. two services are going to make it super easy to embed YouTube videos. Mm. Um, number one is Sonic Bids. Is, and number two is the Reverb Nation. They are both electronic press kits. With I believe they both have free options. You can just get started. Yeah. Uh, and so if you don't need a full-blown website, that's a great place to just put your stuff up. So that way when you email info at shadyclub.com or wherever right. you want to book the gig, <laughs> um, when you basically introduce yourself, say, hey, I'm going to be in the area. You don't have to tell me you live there. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, my band will be touring through uh, your town shortly. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'd like to book a gig. Do you have anything in these date ranges? And then you obviously <laughs> put a link to your electronic press kit. Yes. Um, best practices are automatically attach the materials as well. Yes, right. And, and do and link to um, a, your, your YouTube video of choice. Or you can also just link to the electronic press kit, and then I'll have everything you need right there. Yeah. And they are idiot-proof. Yeah. Well, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good suggestion to, to attach this stuff, too, because some people are just reluctant to go click on a link and go uh-huh. somewhere. But if it's attached to the email, they'll And you see have it that, that image that Google yeah. has already vetted is not a virus, yep. then you can exactly. especially if you have a good press photo. Other, yes. Other thing I want to mention, because your website is, I really like it, because of the content. I don't care that it's an outdated template or whatever. Right. It's the fact that you have great photos, great sound quality, and you got great press quotes, great bio. Yeah. And that's what makes the website. I do keep the bio pretty up to date, so that's good. That's, oh, no, yeah, I feel guilty. I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you buy pretty up to date. Yeah. Sometime in the last six months, mine, I updated mine, it. Mine might still say, I, you know, drum major at, you know, no, I was never drum major. So that's so it. high school. Yeah. I I wasn't actually. Saxophonist Wally Wally <laughs> likes making giant letters on football fields while wearing polyester uniforms. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that uh, if you do have good video of you playing, club owners and venues love to see good yeah. video. Um, I will say this: please do edit them. No one needs to see a blank stage for oh thirty my seconds. Gosh, right? You and walking the out while you walk out, and, and then, then you bowing, adjusting your neck strap. And for the love of God, <laughs> and all that is holy. <laughs> Edit out the tuning note. Oh, God. <laughs> I've seen websites and social media where they leave in the walking on stage and the, the tuning the note. Tuning note. <laughs> it's your 50 nobody seconds got time into for that. Hey, nobody got time for that, Sue. Oh, and so golly. I know uh, you're thinking, like, but I don't know how to edit it for if you're on a Mac. Just, just yeah. go to QuickTime. <laughs> yes. Edit, trim. That's at it. Open QuickTime, load your video. <laughs> Select edit from the top, then trim, and then just drag the slider. Quick primer. <laughs> oh, geez. I have one more comment about the press photo. Yeah. I just wanted to say in support of the idea of spend the money to get a good photo and get a few of them and get some sideways and some there up and some in black and some in color, black and white in color, yeah. because you would be surprised how many times an event I was in got a little extra publicity or featured a little higher up in a newspaper or something like that or on a webpage just because the photo was interesting. And I think people who are producing a publication, Mm -hmm. they want their publication to look good. So it's not really all about you, believe it or not. It's also about the people doing publicity, having a good looking publication. And so you have a good photo. Somebody else might be actually 
a better musician or a more interesting act. Nonsense. But, but if you've got the better photo, you might get the better publicity. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> so and if you're interested in... Do it. Oh, and yours look really good. You are oh, absolutely an authority on, on good taste in this. I love... Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to Sue's website so you can check out what good press photos look like. Oh, gosh. I'll um, try to get it updated before you do that. excellent. No, they're really, <laughs> no, really the great. the photos are beautiful. Jackie Van Leer did a great job. She actually did a lot of research. She went online and she looked for press photos of saxophonists. And here's one kind of sort of strange aside, but she said she was a little surprised by how kind of like all about sex, the female saxophone, (laughs) you know, photos. There's so many really sexy pictures of women with saxophone. Wait, should mine not be? (laughs) Well, Wally, we'll talk about that later. But but she really looked for like really classy, professional looking images of, you know, women with saxophones. And and, uh, so that was just kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, no, we're not going to do one of those, Jackie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they are really great photos and it has a lot to do with, with her eye and just her light and stuff like that and yes. actually she's a good friend so I was really comfortable and I I love being yeah. with her so it was easy to kind of look happy and, and joyous because I'm just happy and joyous with her so Aww, yeah I love that so yay it will help you get gigs help you get better gigs yeah. so yeah, yeah definitely get good press photos good <laughs> website and uh, emails with questions yay yeah Sue so fun again yeah. as always yeah and we'll see you in a couple weeks with more yeah happy summer saxophone fun. stuff Stuff. Stuff. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.